0: Kevin Strasser joins us. Kevin, I appreciate your time. How are you?
1: I'm well, uh, Jason. Thanks for your time.
0: Well, Kevin, I guess let's start with, um, you know, for, for our audience, kind of your version of what went down involving the watch that uh, that you pawned off and, you know, kind of the, the legal issues that followed with that.
1: Well, uh, you know, I thank you for the opportunity to kind of clear my name a bit. Uh, as it was reported in the Edmonton Journal by Chris O'Leary, which was completely false and... Unfactual and really poor reporting. I again appreciate this moment to, to tell my side, and I'll, I'll go at you. Uh, basically, at the end of the year, uh, there's a lost and found desk drawer, kind of a makeshift lost and found desk drawer in my PE office. Um, I had uh, had that job for two years. There had been a watch in there for two years. Uh, I was I was cleaning up my desk and getting the the office ready uh, for the janitors to clear the area. You got to pick everything off the ground so they can wax the floor, get ready for the summer, et cetera uh, I it was clearing out the, um, the other desk drawer. I saw that watch in there. that had been there for two years. I had assumed that that was abandoned property. And um, at that moment, I took that watch. I was going to pawn it uh, to get what I would think about 20 bucks uh, to buy our coach's whistles. I ended up using the money that I did pawn the watch for to buy them lunch at a burger joint, uh, my football staff. Now, I completely made a mistake by taking something that I lost and found. It wasn't the main office lost and found it was a makeshift desk lost and found the P.E. office. Every day in the P.E. classroom, somebody would lose keys, iPods, phones, jewelry, things of that nature. We'd throw it in there. They'd come for it. We'd give it back. At the end of the year, our policy states as a high school, it all goes to charity. Nobody has uh, accounted for that desk drawer in uh, three to four to five years, uh, and uh, therefore I assumed it was abandoned. I had no intent to steal. I had no intent to hurt the school. I had no intent to cheat anybody at that moment. Now did I make a mistake? There's no question. You know, I, of course I should. That was poor, a poor decision on, on my part. You know, not taking that watch uh, uh, to the main office, I suppose, or just leaving it there. Um, uh, so I, that's my mistake, and that's exactly what happened. And so that's it. That's the story. Over thirty dollars. I've now lost my job, lost my teaching license. Uh, I've been dragged through the press um, and with great public embarrassment. Uh, I've had to pay legal fees and all for $30. And the the real facts of the matter is I've given $600 to Oregon City High School in my own money in terms of forms of cleats and athletic tape and backpacks and sweatshirts and things for the kids. I raised $72,000 in two years for Oregon City High School. Uh, During that duration, I ran two accounts through the school that were investigated and came up absolutely perfect and clean. I ran another account through our gridiron club um, uh, which is our, our, our fan uh, booster club, and uh, the police uh, investigated that, and that came absolutely clean. I have over thirty thousand dollars in the bank. I own two cars. I have a house. I have my retirement. I have a portfolio. Uh, there was no reason for me to steal. I was completely upfront and honest with everybody that has done an investigation against me. And what I'm, um, what I am guilty of is making a stupid decision and uh, having a lapse of judgment. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of criminal intent. Uh, there was none um, and I know I'm, I'm talking on and on here if, if the listeners would like to hear as to why I uh, pleaded guilty uh, on a misdemeanor I'd be happy to, to share that with you too if you'd like
0: yeah I will Kevin get to that in a sec now I just want to go back to to Chris O'Leary's article because he didn't he didn't give an opinion in his he used a lot of quote what was it about his article you didn't like that you felt was misrepresented because uh, I read it and it really just had a lot of quotes from people that were covering the case
1: well, I felt the the quotes that he picked out were uh, were biased, and uh, I I never felt that he uh, he gave an opportunity for me to explain what the situation is. I felt that his story implied theft. I felt that his uh, story implied uh, that I was a thief. And um, no matter what the court's decision was, there's no way in heck I'm a thief, or anyone will ever make me believe a thief. There is a quote from the judge that said uh, uh, she um, believed that I was a thief, and the reason for that was because I was. Uh, making a guilty plea of a misdemeanor now what was the situation was i was being charged with two felony counts and two misdemeanors and the district attorney gave myself and my attorney a plea deal of knocking it all down to one misdemeanor and there are various reasons as to why i chose
2: to do that okay yeah and, can we uh, get one more
0: yeah, can we sure. get into that kevin um the reason why you you chose because um and pardon me i don't know the exact exact legal term but had you not taken the plea deal there was another thing you could have taken
1: yes uh, as a matter of fact uh, there's a i could have chosen to, to try for a civil compromise and civil that was compromise, something that we okay. yes a civil compromise and that's where all alleged victims would sign off on a predetermined agreement between myself and the alleged victims to say hey this is this is a done deal uh the pawn shop who was mentioned in the in uh the court case, uh they agreed to it, the alleged victim of the watch agreed to it. Uh, we had a sign notarized, I have proof of that if anybody would ever like to see it. And that what that means, if the judge accepts that uh civil compromise, then there is no record. There's no arrest record, there's no record against myself, felony, misdemeanor, nothing along those lines. Now, what the district attorney said is if my attorney and myself decided to go ahead and pursue that avenue, then his plea deal would be off the table. And so therefore Uh, We felt that we could win that several compromise, but myself was a person who would have to pay four more months of attorney fees and put that on a judge's plate, and if he says no or she says no, then it goes to trial for felony and two misdemeanors, which we still felt that we could have won, but uh, it was just too much risk to put my family in at that time, and uh, so we chose not to because the Edmonton Eskimos had said that they were for sure, 100% sure, were going to give me a job, as not an OC, as a receiver coach. And therefore, with that in hand, in my mind, I went into a judge and admitted to something that I did not do. Now, I did make a stupid mistake. I violated school policy. There's no question. I own that mistake. But I did not steal from a kid, and I did not steal from that school. But I went in in front of a judge and said yes and plead guilty to that misdemeanor charge, knowing 100% fully for sure that I had a job at the Eskimos and I could move on uh, with my life. Unfortunately, that was faulty information. Uh, we can talk about that in a bit if you'd like to, too. But based on that decision, that's why I made my decision.
0: Kevin Strasser uh, joins us, a former CFL coach, a, a high school coach in, in Oregon. And I, I just wanted to let you uh, give your side of things, Kevin. It's interesting. So the Eskimos, yeah, let's talk about that. Because uh, um, I had a source who suggested that you guys were close. And I don't know if so. Was there an official deal in place between you and the Eskimos or was it a verbal deal?
1: I guess, uh, uh, you know, official um, is, is entirely up to you and your listeners. You know, uh, obviously, according to, to, to Len, the president CEO of the Edmonton Eskimo, since there was no signed contract, then essentially there was no official deal. But there was a verbal agreement between myself uh, and the general manager uh, and the head coach that this was a done deal. And I quote from both of them and uh, from, from Ed Hervey especially that this was a done deal. I said, Ed look, you know, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to try for civil compromise or go to trial if you guys let me know that I have a job. He says, Kevin, you have a job. It's a done deal. So I guess that isn't official enough.
0: Now, um, we were
2: talking about how that article I read, that even the judge and the reporter had reported that it was mentioned in court that you had taken this because you had a job with the ESMOs. Did your lawyer ever say that you should have had a signed agreement officially, or did you believe that a verbal one was good enough?
1: You know, I uh, just with my relationship with uh, both gentlemen, Chris Jones and Ed Hervey, I, I love those guys. I, I, I literally have an uh love for both those men. They're fantastic people. Um, they're honest people. I've never once, ever, ever doubted their character. And uh, hearing from those two that this was a done deal, I guess I made the assumption that it was. I didn't really even ask my lawyer if uh, I should pursue the contract at this juncture. I had just considered their word to be gold. And... um that's, that's why I chose to make my decision.
2: Now, uh, when did you find out from me? So you kind of were under the understanding that you were coming here to be the receiver coach. Uh, when did that change?
1: Well, um, I had a flight uh, for January 6th to come on up and uh, obtain my work visa. And then after that, we would work on the contract. Um, and then I found out in an email on January 5th at about 8 o'clock. And I just checked my email just by happenstance. And, and um, at that point, that's, that's how I found out that I, I wasn't coming to Edmonton.
2: There was so no wh- phone
1: call. There was there was nothing.
2: So where do you go from here, Kevin?
1: Well, it's a difficult decision. You know, um, I, I do want to say, you know, I just. But the point for me and and you giving me the opportunity to voice myself is, is I have a tremendous amount of uh, respect for the Edmonton Eskimos. I truly can't believe I've been, my life has changed so dramatically in the nanosecond they decided not to hire me. Uh, I don't think it's fair, but I don't harbor any ill will towards Ed Hervey uh... he's a friend he's a friend of mine for life i think chris jones is an absolutely outstanding hire for the edmonton eskimos and he will make good decisions for the future of the eskimos and i wish everybody well there i feel particularly cheated and i feel that this is particularly unfair <laughs> although i guess that doesn't matter when things are unofficial and it's verbal i get that um... but i still uh... want to reiterate um, i love those guys and i wish them the best um... Uh, and, uh, where do I go from here? Um, well, now I have a challenge. You know, I had given up, uh, my ability to fight for my innocence because of this decision. And I had taken this job knowing that this would provide health care for my family, money for my family. Um, my wife is part-time right now. So now I don't have health care for my two, uh, twin boys that were born in Edmonton. They're three and a half now. I have a $1,500 mortgage that I won't be able to pay now. So I have to, one, secure my family's health, and I have to secure my family uh, living in area, and then I need to find a job. And uh, now having accepted that misdemeanor, it will be tougher on my uh, on my search for a job search. So I'm at a point where I'm going to call friends, family, and ask, you know, try, try to get a job. And it doesn't need to be in coaching. It just needs to be able to feed and, 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 and house my family. I mean, that's where I'm at. Now I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pout. I'm going to can't get any lower than this. I'll tell you what, this has been five five months of hell. Uh, you know, I'm going to continue to go forward knowing who I am and everybody knowing who I am. Uh, and I'm going to go up. I'm going to find a job and I'm going to take care of my family.
2: Kevin pout, I don't know, but I'll do it. Ke- Kevin Strasser joins us. Kevin, the question a lot of people listening probably want to know is if, if you go back in time to, you know, people saying, okay, the watch was there for, for two months, and if it was only 20 or $30, why, why pawn it? Right at the end, I'm sure you probably asked yourself that many times, but you know, kind of what, what was the thought process at that time?
1: Well, I get it, and that's an outstanding question, and I've been asked that you know, a hundred times. There, there's no doubt about it. Um, the thought process was, was simply this you know, I, I figured that to be truly abandoned, and um, I had thought, you know what, I've never pawned anything in my life, and that and you, they checked pawn histories, you know, from the police, and that came up negative as well, and I, I just I thought hey, if I can get 20 30 bucks here, we literally didn't have whistles for the coaches. We were eventually going to have summer drills going on. I thought I would buy them whistles with that money, thinking that that was just, rather than have a watch sit there for another year or two, I would make it go to use. Now, there was a lapse in judgment there that, that that's not Kevin Strasser's property. And literally, with the process of cleaning up and how flimsy this excuse may sound, I just thought, hey, this, let's put this to good use. And I don't have, you know, I'm, people think, you know, was this guy, you know, doing drugs? Was he, did he have gambling debt? Did he drink? And no. And the police investigated all those types of things. I've never been convicted of anything in my life. I don't do drugs. I don't drink and I don't gamble. And so um, to answer that question as honestly, can't. I, I can, I can. It was simply a, a rushed judgment with a lack of consequences and an incredible mistake. This really cost me a great, great deal. Now so Kevin my 20, who, 25 of it, the, character references would state four from from uh, Canadian GMs, I mean i've I've held ten thousand dollars of per diem money in my hand. I've had the keys to Olympic Stadium and Commonwealth Stadium. I've been trusted by a great many people with a great deal of character, and I I will continue to be, as people have supported me through this. I'm sorry, Jason, go ahead.
2: Yeah, no, no, I appreciate that. Obviously, uh, most of us make impulse dumb decisions. I think everybody would be lying if we said we never did it. Uh, Now, the the articles that I read, because I did some research for it coming on, stated that um, supposedly a kid came to you and asked for the watch multiple times and and was said that Noah hadn't seen it. Uh, Is that true? Uh,
1: no, and I'm actually glad that you asked me. It's true that this young man, he was a senior, and on the last day for seniors, which was a Wednesday, uh, he, had, he felt that he had lost uh, his watch in my weight training class. So immediately after the class, he came to me and my officer said, Coach, I lost my, my watch. I said, OK, take my keys, go check the weight room. He took my keys. He went and ran down checked the weight room. This kid's a really good young man. i would had him two to three times. Uh, he enjoyed my class. I enjoyed him. I gave him my keys to check the weight room. He came back, said I couldn't find it. I said, okay, if we find it, it'll go in this drawer. He said, okay. Um, then uh, he did check with me uh, one last time on the last day for all the students, uh, which was a week later. And I, I said, you no, we still don't have it. And uh, he checked and he looked and, and he didn't find it. When I was cleaning my desk three to four days later, there was the watch. And um, that was a watch that I had considered that had been in there for a long period of time since he had been checking, and um, that's how it went down. Yeah, he, he asked. I, I knew he had lost a watch, and, you know, why I didn't make that connection that that particular watch was his, you know, I can't explain. I, I considered it abandoned, and, and people can believe me or not, but that's that's the truth.
0: Well, Kevin, uh, I appreciate you coming on, and, uh, and sorry, uh, unfortunate uh, what's happened to you and your family, and, and hopefully you'll find a job soon.
1: Well, I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you giving me the opportunity just to clear the air. And, again, this is no uh, – I'm, I'm not trying to blame anybody for anything. I made a mistake, but in terms of being a criminal, you know, I would say that my past proves that I'm not. And in terms of being uh, – having any intent to steal, I, I think that I've uh, put myself in a position to prove that as well. And I just wanted people to know that Ross <laughs> is not a thief. And I wish the Eskimos and yourself nothing but a great, de- uh, great fortune in your futures.
0: Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate your time.
1: All right. Thank you, Jason.